We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today. I'm back in Tupelo, Mississippi, the headquarters of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Spent the last few days, last several days, at Purcell Farms in Sullicaga, Alabama. And we had an AFA retreat over there with about 100-plus of our uh, supporters there uh, in uh, Alabama at the AFA retreat. So it was a great time with uh, several of our supporters. So uh, I enjoyed that time there, but it's good to be home, good to be back in my own bed, and good to be back in studio with Bobby and Marty in studio, uh, back here with less room for error, meaning less uh, technology involved. (laughs) So, Bobby, we always like to keep it simple. We try to. We try to. We're not always that... uh... That lucky if we if we use that word. <laughs> yeah. So we're back in uh, in studio in Tupelo, Mississippi, and jumping right into the show today, uh, we have a special guest coming up next segment. We actually have two special guests. We have uh, my brother who's on each Tuesday and Thursday, Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach, but we also have on John Stenberger. He's uh, President, Founder of Florida Florida Family Policy Alliance there in the state of Florida. But he's also one of the founders of the founder of Trail Life USA. Trail Life USA, that's the alternative to the Boy Scouts. It's a Christian-run organization, Trail Life USA. Uh, so we'll have him on next segment to talk about uh, their organization and their work and maybe how uh, your uh, son could uh, join Trail Life USA. And then we have the Heritage Girls, which is the, the – uh, female, the uh, group for young women. So maybe we'll talk about them another day. Maybe we'll have uh, uh, one of their representatives on another day. So we cover both uh, both the ones for our sons and the ones for our daughters. Out of the book of Proverbs comes our scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. That is wisdom and discretion. And uh, the, the, you know, we've heard people say um, that, you know, the Old Testament's kind of antiquated. We don't really need the Old Testament. Uh, all the big stuff's in the New Testament, but that is, uh, that is a lie. That is deception. That is unbiblical uh, at that. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament come together and, and tell the amazing story of God's love for his people, for the Jews, um, and then later— uh, God's love for all of humanity and how he sent Jesus to bridge the divide between God and man, the divide that began in the book of Genesis, the divide that began with the fall. Jesus came to uh, to mend that broken relationship and provide you and I access to the Father. That's why the veil was torn. Uh, that's why he died on the cross, so that his blood, his sacrifice could take our place uh, on the cross, take the place of our sins, 
so that we have access to God the Father. So that wouldn't be possible without Jesus, uh, the Son of God, sacrificing his life for on our behalf. And then, of course, uh, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the believer has the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to, to holiness and to live a godly life. So um, let's not forget that. Uh, we have a by design uh, challenge this month in October. We have monthly challenges through our by design project. Here is the challenge for October. Last month, the month of September, we had a challenge encouraging you to take your spouse on a date. And uh, coming from a husband myself, I want to uh, encourage husbands to take initiative here. All right? Husbands are called in Scripture to be leaders, both uh, physical leaders, spiritual leaders, uh, emotional leaders. We're called to be leaders as husbands in the household. Uh, so we need to take initiative here, and we need to actively pursue our spouse, pursue our wife. Well, this month's challenge, the month of October, is to go on a daddy-daughter date. That's what we're encouraging uh, you folks out there to do now. I can't do that because I've got all boys. I've got four boys. But those of you dads out there who do have a daughter and are blessed with a daughter, uh, we want to encourage you to take your daughter on a date. Show your daughter what it uh, what it means to interact with a godly man. Uh, that gives your daughter a very good standard to go by when she grows up and she begins looking for a husband, begins looking for a spouse. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing about marriage is that uh, we're able to uh, to reflect God's design to our children. We're able to be an example for them uh, so that they have a good model to go on, a good basis to go on, a good foundation to go on when they grow up. Uh, jumping right into the news of the day, I've covered this before, going to cover it again. Uh, here's, a, here's an article out of foxbusiness.com. Inflation costing U.S. households an extra $175 per month, economists say. Reading directly from this article from Fox Business, over the past couple of months, Allison, over the past couple of months, Allison, a wife and mother of a toddler and teenager in Chicago, says she's been spending about $50 more each week on groceries to feed her family. And that's at a discount supermarket chain called Audi's. Quote, I used to spend $70 a week, but all of a sudden this summer I noticed that I couldn't leave the store without spending at least 120 said Allison, who works in education. Like millions of American who, Americans whose income has not kept pace with inflation, up 5.3% in August compared with a year ago, Allison and her family are feeling the pinch of the rising cost of living and giving up some things just to make ends meet. Goes on to say that for households earning the U.S. median annual income of about $70,000, the current inflation rate has forced them to spend another $175 a month on food, fuel, and housing, according to Mark Zandi. He's the chief economist at Moody's Analytics. Zandi said that's the equivalent of a full grocery, electric, or cell phone bill. And that is true, I can tell you. Although government officials have called the inflation transitory, it's running at a 30-year high and has been for months. So I told you guys a few months ago, inflation was here to stay. We had uh, Dan Celia on, financial expert, host of financial issues here on American Family Radio, to talk about this. And, you know, the Biden administration has been telling us for months that this uh, inflation is temporary, it's transitory, it'll be here for a little while, and then it'll go away. Um but here we are, 
about eight to ten months, um, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Ten months into the Biden administration, and inflation's still here, folks. Inflation's still here. And if it's transitory, then why don't the Biden administration officials tell us when it's going to end? When is it going to go back down to pre-Biden era levels? And we can't, we can't keep blaming everything on COVID, all right? We can't keep blaming everything on COVID. I mean, yes, the economy was shut down about two years ago, 18, 20 months ago. But uh, here we are 20 months later, and the economy was coming back under Trump. It was, it was revving back up. Unemployment was going down. Things were good. Inflation was not an issue, not a major issue at least. Uh, but the Biden administration, they've just done about everything they can wrong to make matters worse. So here we are. And that's why I say that the Democrats don't care. Their, their policies do not cater to the people that they claim to care the most about. You know, they rag the rich. Which What's wrong with being rich, by the way? They're always talking about tax the rich, tax the rich. Well, we're already taxing the rich. They pay the most taxes in our country. Do some of them find a lot of loopholes? Yeah, but that's not their problem. <laughs> their accountants are just making sure they pay as little as possible. I hope we're all doing that. So maybe we need to fix the tax code to eliminate the loopholes, but that's a separate matter. The Democrats, they claim to hate the rich because they're always talking about tax the rich, tax the rich. And then they claim to care all the more about the lower income families and the middle class. That's what they care about. We're the party. We're the party of the middle class. No, they're not. All of their economic policies are aimed at hurting the middle class. And inflation is one of those tools that is being used to basically raise taxes on everybody. Because here's what's happening, at least in the short term. We're all paying more for common everyday goods. We're all paying more at the grocery store, paying more to fill up our car. We're paying more in electric bills in some parts of the country. And that, in turn, is creating more tax revenue for the federal government. Meanwhile, you and I probably haven't gotten a raise this year. Some might, but your annual inflation or cost of living raise hasn't come yet. Um, and it's not going to be able to keep up. In many sectors, it's not going to be able to keep up uh, with, uh, with inflation, thanks to President Biden. So uh, this whole situation that the Biden administration has put us in is not boding well for the American people and the people that the Democrats claim to care the most about. So as it turns out, the Trump economy was actually pretty, pretty good, and many people wish we could just go back to those good old days where we got mean tweets every morning, and then we got good economy, national security, secure border, <laughs> um, and opportunity for all Americans, opportunity for all Americans, and rising wages and opportunities, especially for middle-to-low-income families under the Trump administration, but no, we traded we traded the mean tweets for an incompetent president who doesn't know what he's doing, is not aware of his surroundings, and a disastrous economy, an open border, and a, a, a disaster in Afghanistan, and China eating our lunch. China eating our lunch. I digress. We move on. Another story I wanted to talk about was this Facebook whistleblower. This Facebook whistleblower, you know, I saw this story. Her name is Frances Hugan. She's a longtime Facebook um, employee, obviously not anymore. And she's been in the tech industry for some time now. But her name is her name is Frances Hugan, and she testified before Congress this week about how bad Facebook is. 
Reading directly from this article on our own news site, American Family News, a former Facebook data scientist told Congress on Tuesday that the social social network giant's product harms children and fuels polarization in the U.S. while its executives refuse to make changes because they elevate profits over safety. Frances Hugan testified to the Senate uh, Commerce Subcommittee on Consumer Protection. She is accusing the company of being aware of apparent harm to some teens from Instagram and being dishonest in its public fight against hate and misinformation. And so you see this and you go, man, you know what? She's right. (laughs) You go, she's right. I'm mad at Facebook too. We're all mad at Facebook. And you've got a couple different factors here and a couple different motives, but just to keep it simple... Conservatives have been frustrated at Facebook because they've been throttling us down. They've been throttling conservatives down. They've been flagging our post. They've been bringing down our pages because they just don't like what we have to say. It's not that we're spreading hate. It's not that we're spreading misinformation. It's not any of the above. It's purely political. Facebook is a left-wing company And they don't like Christians and they don't like conservatives. Thus, they bring down our pages and they censor our post. That's been open. That's been going on for over a year now, a couple years. But then you got the left. What are they going to do? The Democrats, they're in bed with Facebook. I mean, Facebook is basically an an arm of the Democrat Party. They they bring down Trump. They bring down you and I. They take down all conservative posts and they they, they let all the left-wing radicals stay on there. We got example after example of this. And so when I see this whistleblower, I go, my, my initial reaction was, yeah, let's get them. Let's get Facebook. But then I start reading on about who this uh, lady is. She's a hardcore Democrat. So what is her motive? Going after a left-wing company that's in the pocket of the Democrat Party, Facebook, Zuckerberg. <laughs> What's her motive? Well, I'll tell you what her motive is. She wants to partner with the left-wing radical communists in our country to take over the Internet. That's what this is all about. This is about hijacking the, the legitimate frustration at these big companies and turning it into a takeover of the Internet. I'll explain more after the break. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be right back. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Several NBA stars are publicly expressing their COVID injection hesitation. Christian Orlando Magic star Jonathan Isaac is among them. After astutely sharing his reasoning, including his age, physical fitness level, and presence of antibodies in his system due to having had COVID previously, Forbes published a hit piece on him, saying, There is a bigger problem for the Magic here. One that goes back to Isaac's entry into the league. He is deeply and vocally religious, which is not a bad thing in itself, but has left him largely out of step with his teammates. Get it? Deep and vocal Christian conviction is problematic. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Have you ever been in a public place with your girl, terrified of how she might inappropriately react to someone who is different? So often, parents command their young children with a well-meaning, don't stare, it's impolite. But have you stopped to think that there might be a better, more inclusive way of teaching your daughter about being different? We are all children of God, worthy and equal in the eyes of our Creator. He created each of us with unique abilities, challenges, and giftings. So next time you're out and about and see someone with a disability, instead of saying, don't stare, try suggesting, say hello. Connecting with those who are different than us or have a different ability is one important step toward building an inclusive, authentic community for all God's people. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Hi, my name's Eric. And I'm Kendra. And we have been married a little over two years now. Honestly, I think the, the most challenging part of our marriage so far, we're right in the middle of it. We're trying to have kids right now. I have a spinal cord injury, so that makes things a little more difficult. And um, I just am, am dealing with some issues with infertility. The difficulty is on my end. But it's our infertility. But it is our, yeah. Because we're right. one now. <laughs> and I, I think what's really helped us through this is keeping Jesus at the center mm-hmm. of it all and knowing that anything that causes you to lean and depend on Jesus more is actually a blessing. Yes. It's heartening to, to know that I have someone who's she's on my team. Tune into By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Walker Wildman. In studio with me is my brother, Wesley Wildman. He's Tuesday and Thursday, Vice President of Outreach. Wesley, welcome in studio. Hey, I am so excited to be on. I look forward to this each Tuesday and Thursday. I just wish that I was half as good at this as you were, or I would be doing it as well. <laughs> but you would you would take over my show. I would take over. No, Walker, you do a fa- uh, fantastic job with this program, with the content. You've got a great team over here. Amen, amen to that. Uh, Bobby really keeps you on your toes. He makes you look better than you are sometimes. <laughs> uh, Marty does a great job over here on the board as well. Good job, Marty. Uh, when I'm traveling, I always enjoy catching the program. So. This represents everything that AFA is about. That's the reason it's called AFA at the Core. And I'm looking forward to having a guest on today. You know, most of the time when I come on, I have maybe one or two stories that I wanted to talk about that find uh, fall in the niche of some, uh, some of the things in ministry and, and culture that I'm passionate about. And sometimes I give you an update about what's going on. But others, uh, we have such a special guest to get to that we just, uh, you know, pause for whatever I have in, in mind and just wait for another day and that's what we got today absolutely hey we have on the line with us john stenberger he is uh, president of florida family policy alliance but he's also uh, one of the founders of trail life usa which is the alternative to the boy scouts a great christian organization for young men hey john welcome to afa at the core walker and wesley it's great to be with you john you know i'm glad that i come to events across the country because i just happened to see you two weeks ago and 
I, I bumped into you and I said, Hey John, I want to have you on my show. And ironically, my producer had just emailed you recently. So it was good to see you out in Colorado. And before we jump into trail life USA, tell our listeners a little bit about your organization in Florida, a Florida family policy Alliance. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do there. Sure. Well, I lead the Florida Family Policy Council, and it is a part of about 40 other state-based, independent, um, social conservative groups around the country. We were founded many years ago by folks of the family and Dr. Dobson, but we have independent and separate boards. We're now under an umbrella of the uh, Family Policy Alliance, also out of Colorado Springs. But we engage in all the tough issues, life, marriage, religious liberty, all the cutting issues that are going on right now in schools, parents' rights, um, all the stuff that nobody else wants to engage in, that, that's what we do. And we think those are the most important issues because the Scripture speaks the most clearly to them, and they're most central to the fabric of who we are as a people, as a nation, um, as a civilization. We can't operate without family structures, without basic liberties. And so this is why we focus on the family in matters of public policy and law and engage them in the courts and the legislature and things of that nature. Hmm. So this is Wesley here, John. So uh, what's the timeline from what you are? How do you do, do you do both of these at the same time uh, between that and Trail Life? So uh, we started Trail Life USA in 2013 and 14 out of my small office in Orlando, Florida. There's now a full time presence in South Carolina. Okay. Uh, we have an amazing executive, we have an amazing uh, chief executive officer, Mark Hancock, that runs the organization. I serve as the founding chairman of the board. Uh, and so it's about 10% of my time, but most of my time is spent doing the Florida Family Policy Council work. Yeah, okay. Well, good. Well, that helps me understand because I was looking at uh, the response. I can just imagine the responsibilities here from Chair Life and, and your job uh, back in Florida. So I was just curious um, you're always uh, being about God's work. Now, let me ask you this: Why is the what? What is trail life, and what is the need for it? Because don't we have other um, uh, ministries or similar things out there like this? Well, uh, I'm an Eagle Scout, a vigilante member of the Order of the Arrow. At the time, in 2013, I had a son as a Boy Scout, I had another son as a Cub Scout and was very close to some of the top leaders in the country who runs the organization, the Boy Scouts. <clears throat> and it's a long story, but basically when they started to open up the conversation about allowing boys to communicate yep. that they're openly gay and to flaunt that, which is exactly what the decision was, um, uh, we started a national movement called On My Honor. And so we gathered scouts from all over the country to resist the change, to lobby them. We had we had uh, rallies outside of every professional scout office and scout council of the country. <clears throat> we were there at the national convention in Texas uh, with a huge rally opposing it. Try to speak on the floor. They would not let me speak. Very little opposition. They had kind of the, the Jewish, the black person, the gay person, you know, the, oh, the sure. girl uh, speaking on behalf of the change in, in the convention, uh, but not many voices in opposition. Bottom line is they made the change, even though the Scoutmasters voted yep. over 60% to not make the change in the huh. voice of the Scout survey. They made it anyway, <clears throat> because there was basically the national organization has been hijacked by politically correct, woke CEOs. Mm. They no longer had veteran Scouters who grew up in the program and understood the, the DNA of what it means to turn boys into men 
They turned the control of the national organization over to these CEOs, and uh, they're the ones that forced the change upon the organization. You know, John. So once that happened, yeah. Once that happened, I got on CNN Live and I said, "This is the last time I'll ever wear this uniform again." Mm, and that was it. And it was a very sad moment for me. But what came out of that is we launched a national organization, Trail Life USA, which now has 900 troops. Nice, awesome, praise uh, God. Well over 30,000 members, and continues to grow each day. You know, John. One thing I've noticed about these stories, whether it be the Boy Scouts or you could go on a list for a long time about other entities that have fallen and, and, and strayed from their founding. I mean, you can talk about our country as a whole. Um, but one thing I've noticed, one common theme is that we need men and women of integrity mm-hmm. who adhere to God's word, leading all of these things, all of these entities, whether it be the Boy Scouts, Trail Life USA, uh, our country and Congress. I mean, all these, th- all these entities fall because you get people at the top that fundamentally don't agree with the entire founding and basis of the entity, or in, in, in the case of our country, our country. Um, so we've just got to fight hard to protect the integrity of our organizations and our country and our leaders. Um, but but you guys are in, uh, uh, according to your website, you're in over 850 churches in all 50 states. Uh, tell us a little bit about the growth, about how you started from your office in Orlando and then boom, uh, eight to nine years later, you're in uh, all 50 states. Well, yeah. I mean, um, we started with the movement to resist the change. And in doing that, I was on national TV. We raised about a half million dollars, did publicity all over the country. As a result of that, we had tens of thousands of people following us. And then after the Boy Scouts made that first change, and of course, they had been very deceptive. Openly, it's not just lying. With each change, they would say, oh, this is the only change we're going to make. <laughs> and, of course, it wasn't the only change, to the point where they've now removed the word boy. They took the very essence of who they were, mm. the best boys character organization in the world, and they neutered it by taking the word boy out, and now it's just Scouts DSA so that girls can fully participate alongside the boys and all the problems that that creates. But um, so we formed this organization. We had all these people following us. And we formed a board. We met in Louisville, Kentucky, actually, right after the decision was made in Texas. And we formed, we had every major denomination there. And actually, I think AFA was represented there. I forget who actually came. Mm. But someone from AFA was there, FRC. Uh, we had, you know, Calvary Chapel was represented, the, the Baptists, the Catholics, the Lutheran Church. Uh, every major denomination had some representative there. The Christian uh, Restoration Movement was represented and we just formed, we debated the entire day, and we formed the basis for a church-based, Christ-centered scouting movement that would be robust, masculine, and would focus on turning boys into men, concepts of leadership, adventure, and outdoor adventure. Hey, I'm in studio here just shaking my head when you're explaining the fact that they are at the point where they've neutered the word boy to just call it scouts. You know, this is nothing, nothing about that is and I know we've covered this on our radio program before but nothing about that uh decision making all those decisions that led up to that is progressing in fact you're creating far more problems mm-hmm. than you had before so that's just silly and uh now uh, I do want to ask you this question aside from that for those that are listening we do have a lot of people that like that are gamers okay they like computers <laughs> or they like or or maybe they have a different hobby that doesn't involve outside so help yep. our audience uh, just give us a snapshot of what this look, what this 
ministry is and what does it look like from a weekly basis for uh, our audience, or monthly or weekly, yeah. you know? Yeah, so that's part of our strategy. We're totally kicking it up old school. We think there's something special. We think there's a sanctified magic in being outdoors. Amen. Put the mm. put technology down, see the majesty of God's creation, camp under the stars, see the beauty of all that God has outdoors, and it, it has a profound effect. You would yes. be surprised what a boy will tell you around a campfire <laughs> for several hours mm-hmm. uh, that he would never tell you in any other context. There's just something magic about an open fire, about camping, about living outdoors in the beauty of God's creation. And you left out the mosquitoes strategy. there, John. <laughs> you have to be honest. There are mosquitoes. No, I'm kidding. I, there are. <laughs> I'm we kidding. have ways of dealing with that. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, John, you're speaking my language, man. This yes. is awesome. Trail Life USA is the name of the organization. Um, uh, uh, our, our good friend, John Stenberger out of Florida, uh, he was a key founder in this entire, uh, entity, this entire organization. Um, so, Hey John, tell folks if, if we've got, um, I'm looking on your website and there's two things that, that, that our listeners can do. You can either join an existing troop that mm. might be in your local town, or if your local town doesn't have one, you can start one. Uh, so tell our listeners who might be interested in this, never heard of Trail Life USA, Tell them a little bit about how they can join. We are, even though we're kicking it up old school in our strategy to reach the boys, we are completely high-speed, low-drag. We have no paper. Everything's automated. Way cool. We're very efficient. So go to our website. It's trailifeusa.com. Trailifeusa.com. Find a troop. See if there's a troop in your area. If there's not, we have a $99 kit. It sends you a bunch of cool stuff to show boys and parents and, and get a group of people together in the church. To do that. Now, we're church-owned and operated, so it's not just, oh, we want to use the space, Mr. Church Pastor, right? If the church has to have eyes on the leaders, they have to know who they are. We need five people to start an organization. Uh, at least three of those have to be men, have to be facing the, the boys, the, the people that are facing the boys need to be men, hmm. and two of the positions can be held by women. But um, so that's how you start a troop, or just join an existing troop. Um, but either way, we have about 900 troops in all 50 states. Check out TrailLifeUSA.com to find out where you can find the troop in your area. Yeah, so Jesus spent uh, around 70 or 80 percent, if you the way you calculate it, uh, of his day-to-day time, maybe a little more than that, depending on who you read, about 70 or 80 percent of his hours, minute by minute, with uh, 12 men. And he influenced them uh, so much so that you read in Acts that they uh, turned the world upside down um, and so what, what I'm seeing here and what I've read and the people I know that's been a part of this is this is just one, uh, great ministry to disciple young men, uh, to, uh, not just, uh, obviously there's going to be you know, young men. I know y'all have got testimonies of people coming to faith in Christ, but also being, uh, stirred to become uh, more, uh, spiritually depth in their thinking Christians. Uh, in addition to that, you're doing the very thing that Jesus did, which is to also teach them how to uh, take care of themselves. Mm. Amen. That's right. We have a principle called the carrot cake, and the carrot represents the gospel and the spiritual truth. We don't just jam the carrot down the boy's throat. We yeah. take that carrot, we grind it up, and we put it out through every ounce of the, of the program. So while they're having fun, they're also being exposed to godly men and principles. Yes, and we're teaching them how to be men and, and what the gospel is truly about. So, excellent, John. Hey, God bless your work. Keep it up, brother. We need we need men like you 
in our country, leading uh, y- other young men uh, across the country and starting organizations like this. TrailLifeUSA.com is the website. We're also going to post this on my podcast page at AFR.net. Hey, John, we'll have you on again. God bless you, brother. Walker, thank you for your work at AFA. We really appreciate you guys. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, John. We'll uh, have you on again soon. Wes? Yeah. Hey, Walker, I was just thinking here um, while we're covering just a wonderful opportunity for young men to be discipled and be done and be discipled outside and the things that come with that from being involved and learning all the things about camping and and hammers and nails and similar to some of the stuff we do Mm -hmm. in our summer program, uh, Men of Honor, but they do so year round. I'm looking at this going, you know what? One man saw uh while, while while there was a lot to be disappointed about uh to say the least or even angry about with yeah. the boy scouts one man instead of uh throwing up the flag of defeat hmm. said you know what uh i'll be responsible for this now he also has the uh, resources and the opportunity here but he could have just as easily done something different but so you know for our listening audience this is just a uh, one more testimony and story that we provide on AFR and AFA to be encouraged by that God may be calling you to do something like this. And if you can't do something like this in another area of life or with a skill or passion that God's given you, you could at least partner with and come alongside people like John uh, Simberger. You know, the body of Christ needs both hand. We need individuals. We need men and women who will fight for the integrity of existing organizations of existing uh, church, but, uh-huh. uh, corporate church settings across the country. Uh, but we also need men and women with visions yes. who can start organizations like Trail Life USA to provide an alternative. Because as we say, and this is so true, competition is a good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. this is you can talk about the economy and capitalism, but this applies to all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Having competition and challenge, it goes back to Proverbs, challenging, sharpening one another, this is a good thing. It spurs us all on to good works. Uh, so that's what Amen. you see here at Trail Life USA. Praise God. All right, Wesley. Is that all you need me for? Yes, sir. Don't go hijacking my show now. I won't. Uh, I won't. Like you said, I'll, I'll get out of here. Yeah. Okay. I'm gone. I'll be back. I'll be back next Tuesday, though. All right. Sounds good. If hey, you have your you. own show in a week, I'll know why. <laughs> I enjoyed it. All right. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us. Hey, our website's AFR.net. We still got another segment, but our website's AFR.net. You'll see my podcast there. We also have an app, the AFR app on your mobile device or your tablet. We'll be back in a few minutes. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Single mom is not your identity. Single is your experience at the moment. Insights from the 10 best decisions a single mom can make by Peggy Sue Wells and co-author Pam Farrell. Being a mom is perpetual. You are always going to be a mom. 
AFA Journal staff writer Hannah Harrison highlights this recent book offering hope, practical advice, and biblical encouragement to single moms. Find this and other helpful articles by visiting afajournal.org. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. One summer, my wife and I were camp counselors for a cabin with a group of five- and six-year-old boys. We learned profound things like never feed children watermelon just before bed if you want to get any sleep. I remember at dinner one night, little Billy asked me to guess what was in his pocket. I said, Billy, don't tell me you've got a snake in your pocket. Oh, no, he said, I mean the other pocket. Always check little boys' pockets. We also learned about love and the principle. You can mess up almost everything, and if you love children, that will make up for what you messed up. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio Network. We're live streaming the show on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to the AFA at the Core Facebook page. Or you can go to the AFA at the Core YouTube channel and watch the show on either of those platforms. Um, that's the video, that is. And then you can live stream the show, the audio, on our website, AFR.net, or on the podcast, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on the app. Uh, and by the way, you can subscribe to AFA at the Core podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be on your Apple device, Android device, uh, Spotify, all those different podcast platforms, most of them we are posting the podcast there. So you can go there and subscribe to AFA at the core. Jumping back into the news of the week, um, I want to uh, touch back on the, or circle back if you're Jen Psaki. I want to circle back on the whole Facebook whistleblower and the congressional testimony and get to the root of what I believe is behind this. And I could probably spend about three or four days piecing together the puzzle, uh, but I don't think it has to be that complicated. Uh, we remember, uh, or do we remember? That's a good question. Do we remember a little something called net neutrality? A little something called net neutrality under the Barack Obama administration. 
Well, that was a an effort to for the federal government to meddle more in the internet, and of course, it got defeated. Um, and net neutrality was actually put forth by an Obama executive department. I can't recall exactly which one, but they were trying to establish some kind of rule or regulation as regard in regards to net neutrality. And they can give you this big long spill and use all these fancy terms about why we need net neutrality and. They're going to throw out words like equity and equality and fairness. But in reality, it's just government control over the Internet, uh, more government hands on the Internet. Well, this entire Facebook move is nothing different. It's nothing different. It takes the form a little bit differently. But this Facebook whistleblower that testified before Congress this week, she's a hardcore Democrat. She's been funding Democrat campaigns pretty much all of her adult life. Um, you can go through the campaign finance records and see who she's funding. They're pretty much all Democrats. And she's testifying that Congress needs to intervene and regulate more Facebook and regulate Facebook more. Well, on the same day of her testimony, Facebook comes out with our own statement saying that they're not the problem. They blamed everything on Congress and said, we need the U.S. Congress to intervene and establish Internet standards, Internet standards, as far as what information is allowed on the Internet. Folks, that should concern us all. And that's why we have to be careful about saying, yeah, let's bust up big tech. Let's go after Facebook. Well, what does that look like? And what is the end game here? What is the end result of us going after Facebook? And another thing is, I don't really like blaming everything on these companies. Okay? Facebook has its problems. Yes, you can talk about the addiction. You can talk about the psychological effects that it has on young girls. We've seen the studies. We've seen the research. I mean, pretty much all around, I can talk extensively and find stuff that looks makes Facebook look bad. I mean, you can turn Facebook into the villain in about an hour. But at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, who's really in charge? Who's really in charge? And the answer to that is, first and foremost, mothers and fathers, they are in charge. Parents are in charge. At least they should be, as God has designed it. We're the ones, mothers and fathers, we're the ones allowing our 12-year-old daughters to have an Instagram account. We're the ones allowing our young boys to have an iPhone at age seven. And so this whole blame the big companies for all the world's problems, I think is completely unfair. And I'm not exonerating Facebook. They've got their own problems. I mean, their values are terrible. They're run by a bunch of left-wing Democrats. They're for abortion. They're for sexual deviancy. I could name all the things that they're for that I'm against. But at the end of the day, we're the ones using their product. We're the ones using their product, and they're not running some illegal Ponzi scheme or something that we know of. I mean, they're operating as a private corporation within the bounds of the law, and they have a product out there that Americans are using. I'm using it now to live stream the show. I don't have to use Facebook to live stream the show if I don't want to. And my 10-year-old doesn't have to have Instagram. I'm speaking theoretical. I don't even have a 10-year-old, but you get the point. At the end of the day, 
are we parents in charge of our household or not? <laughs> and so we can sit here and we can complain about Facebook and the research and the effect on teenagers and all this and the dopamine and the addiction. You can get into all that. And a lot of it's pretty much all of it's legitimate arguments. I mean, I've seen the Netflix documentary um, about uh, big social and how, you know, everything's geared towards keeping us hooked on these devices. But at the end of the day, we are in charge of our household. We as adults are in charge of our behavior and our actions and what we do. And so, uh, once again, I'm not exonerating these companies, but I'm just saying, let's don't lay everything at the foot of these big tech companies as if they're, the pro- they're, the, they're, the, they're responsible for all the world's problems because that's just not true, and we really miss out on things that we control and things that we can have an effect on, which is actually, surprisingly, a lot of things with our life we have full control over, or at least we have a say in what happens. So this is this is about, watch out, this is about the Internet. This is about Congress intervening and creating this big regulatory framework about what information is allowed to be uploaded onto the Internet. And that path, folks, is a bad path. It is a terrible path. All right? And, and you can probably tell me, well, this shouldn't be on the Internet, and that shouldn't be on the Internet. Yeah, and there's, like, you could say, we, we just need to ban pornography. And I could go, yeah, that actually is probably a good idea. Uh, but you start banning stuff, then the next thing they're going to do is say AFA has to get off the Internet. AFA can't be on the Internet. Well, folks, you take AFA off the Internet, then you take us off the airwaves through the FCC, and then we pretty much have no platform. And so this whole going after the big tech companies, we just got to be very, very careful here, okay? We got to be very, very careful about going after big tech for all the reasons listed, many of them valid, because the end result could be something (laughs) that we don't want, and that is federal government control of the Internet, which is what you have in China. In China, you have a filter between the rest of the world and the Chinese homeland, the the homeland of China and the, the people of China. There's a filter. And the government controls what goes through the filter and what doesn't go through the filter, uh, which means the gospel of Jesus Christ can't go through the filter. Anything that speaks negatively of their brutal leaders can't go through the filter. We don't need that. We don't need these filters and this regulatory framework on the Internet. It will get in the hands of the wrong people, and it will end up something that we will regret and regret seriously. The Internet is one of the greatest inventions Uh, known to mankind, and we do not need the government meddling in it. Another thing I always ask myself is, when was the last time Washington got involved in something and it turned out good? I mean, seriously, name one thing, name one entity or process or product or anything that Washington, D.C. got involved in and started meddling with, and we all turned around 10 years later and went, yeah, that, that turned out great. I'm so glad I'm so glad we created the Department of Homeland Security and TSA and the Patriot Act and all this conglomerate of government. Uh, that really turned out good. That really turned out great. Uh, you could get into the NSA and their whole spying apparatus. Um, you've got the CIA running pretty much uh, 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 their own shadow government around the world. Uh, so you can go into all the things that the government has created, and many of them just haven't turned out very good when you're talking about freedom and liberty here in America. Another story I wanted to mention, boy, am I going to get to any clips? I don't know. Who knows? I've been talking too much. <laughs> Let's get to some clips, not the long ones. But this one's uh, Regita Tlaib. She's a congresswoman. And I've been telling you guys, and other people have been bringing this up, but this whole mask thing is a show. 
It's all a show. It's like we're at the circus and they're putting the mask on and they're doing all the tricks and spinning around. Uh, the whole mask thing is all for show. And one way I know that is because the congresswoman said the exact same thing. Rosita Tlaib was out on the sidewalk outside, yes, in fresh air, and she had her mask on, but another guy didn't. And so anyway, there was this apparently miscommunication. So they started talking about whether they should have mask on or not. And Rosita Tlaib here in this clip says, I've only got my mask on because there's a Republican tracker right behind me. Clip three, let's listen. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh, no, oh, not you. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I thought you were like, oh, no, 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 no what a Republican tracker is, I don't know. Probably just a journalist that she doesn't like, so they're a Republican tracker. Um, but pretty much she wouldn't have had her mask on outside had the Republican tracker. I don't even know what the heck that is. Does anybody know what a Republican tracker is? I don't know. Um, maybe, a, maybe a Republican operative. Um, but nonetheless, that's a, that's a rabbit trail. Rajita Tlaib says she wouldn't have her mask on if it wasn't for... Uh, other people there taking pictures and videos. And then we've all seen the clips of uh, people putting their mask on when the cameras come out. And then when the cameras leave, they take their mask off. Well, when they think the cameras leave, they take their mask off. So this is all for show. And the reason it's all for show is because you look at the studies, which is actually not very many, uh, but you do look at some of the studies on mask usage, and pretty much none of them work with the exception of the N95. And even that is is not necessarily all 100% protective. Um, the N95 mask is one of the most heavy-duty ones, but you look at the surgical and the cloth uh, and the studies, and those things pretty much don't work. I mean, they really don't. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like wearing them, but you look at the studies, the masks just don't tend to work from a scientific standpoint. Um, so this is all for show. It's all for show. And Rajita Tlaib there just admitted it. Uh, the Washington, D.C., the, the uh, Congress is debating this. Um, they're debating the debt ceiling increase, and it's been in the news. I told you this was coming. Remember about a month ago I told you? I said they're going to start debating this, uh, the budget and the debt ceiling, and they're going to make a big deal about it, and, and they're going to try to act like the world's on fire, everything's going to burn, this is doomsday, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> And they get everybody riled up and everybody's getting nervous and their heart starts beating fast. This is all, I don't know what this is. Maybe this is a circus too. This is all for show. Well, um, Representative Tim Kaine from Virginia, Senator rather, Tim Kaine from Virginia, he was on um, on an outlet this past week and he was on with Chuck Todd uh, talking about how the Republicans spent all this money and were Democrats too, but now that it comes to us paying our bills, we don't want to do it via the debt ceiling. Let's listen to clip six. The Republicans ran up the credit card when Donald Trump was president. And I voted for some of the things like pandemic relief, et cetera. But for the Republicans to do that and now say, we're not going to pay the bill. You know, look, we all have the friend, you know, who when we go out to dinner, will never grab for the check and let other people. That's what the Republicans are doing. Nobody likes that guy. So the Republicans should just own up to the responsibilities of the debt they put on our credit card. They should meet the obligation that they swore an oath to that they shouldn't 
question the validity of U.S. public debt, and let's govern this country responsibly and then move forward on this big issue of getting an infrastructure bill and a Build Back Better plan done so that Americans can benefit at a time when they need it. Well, there you go. Senator Tim Kaine is is the Democrats are in charge of both chambers of government or both chambers of Congress and the White House. And here they are blaming the Republicans. It's the Republicans fault. Well, he's actually partly true. He's actually partly correct in this because it was the Republicans and it was President Trump that spent all this money. That's pretty much true. Now, did Democrats vote for that money spending? Absolutely. We can go through the roll call vote and see how many Democrats voted for all the big spending bills under the Trump administration. But here's what I want to leave you with. The debt ceiling is all for show. The entire debt ceiling debate is absolutely unnecessary because what they're debating is whether we're going to pay our bills. This is money. The debt ceiling is money we've already spent. The debt ceiling is money that America has already spent. So it's not really an option as to whether we can raise it. It's like going over your credit card limit and then debating on whether you're going to pay the full bill or not. You just can't do that. We've already spent the money. And so this whole, uh, uh, some of the Democrats are saying, we just need to get rid of the debt ceiling. And when I look at that, I go, uh, that actually is not a bad idea. Because here's why. You say, Walker, you're crazy. You're a liberal now. <laughs> no, Congress, just because you increase the debt ceiling doesn't mean we're spending all this money. It just means that that's the limit that we can go to as a country. But Congress is already going to spend all this money. They're passing these separate bills, these spending bills, that is authorizing all the money to be spent so that we reach our debt ceiling cap. And then what are they going to do next year? They're going to raise the debt ceiling again and then spend a whole lot of more money. And so where the, where the core problem is when it comes to fiscal responsibility is Congress keeps authorizing way too much money. It has nothing to do with the debt ceiling. It's about how much money they're spending. And as we know, it's way too much. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.